With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Before we get started, I wanted to remind you that it's time to vote for Shop Honda's Coach of the Year. This month, our friends over at Shop Honda want to award a local coach from a high school here in Colorado who consistently goes above and beyond for their school, community, and students. The winner will receive a three-year lease, wow, what, a, what an absolute steal, of a brand new Honda Passport and receive a $5,000 gift card for a sport or educational program of their choice. If you know of a coach who deserves the Shop Honda Coach of the Year Award, go to shophonda.com vote and make sure that they are nominated or voted for. Welcome to McChesney Unchained, a new show on the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Before we jump into it, we want you to know that this is a little different than our other shows. Matt McChesney is going to give you an uncensored take on what's going on in the football world, and if you have kids around, you may want to listen to this at another time. McChesney's opinions do not represent those of BSN Denver, but they are real, and they come from a CU legend who spent six years battling in the NFL trenches. Now, sit back and enjoy the show. Welcome to episode 52 of McChesney Unchained on the DNVR.com Denver Podcast Network. Check out the DNVR.com for any and all coverage of Rocky Mountain and Mile High Sports from the Buffs to the Broncos to the Rockies to the Nuggets to the Rams. They cover any and everything. The Avalanche, they have watch parties every weekend. Uh, and, and tip of the cap to everybody over there at DNVR for the transformation, and just totally taking over. This is episode 52. I am your host, Matt McChesney, as always, coming to you from the studio at 6-0 Football Academy. This is the bridge truly to your goals. Check out 60strength.com or at 6-0 Academy on Twitter and Instagram. And remember always to follow the show at DNVR Unchained, and then also look for it on iTunes podcast at McChesney Unchained. And subscribe to the show, and remember to show us as much love as you can on there and ask us some questions and we'd love to a- answer any and all. Remember also, the top six is hitting, okay? The top six is hitting uh, at some point today. Uh, big thanks and remember to go and vote for Coach of the Year at shomphonda.com vote. 
uh, for your high school coach of the year, and make sure you go support all the outstanding coaches in the state of Colorado. Uh, the top six hits later today, and that will be at thednvr.com as well. All right, so we have a lot to talk about here on episode 53, and that's uh, that's no lie. Um, look, CU, we'll start with them, all right? Colorado went to Pullman and got annihilated, and it was ugly. And the 41 to 10 mark is not what you want to see from a team that showed so much fight uh, earlier in the year. It's like they lost to Oregon twice. Um, at least that's how it looked from Montez's perspective. I'm not going to sit here and go negative. I can't do it. They, I, I love CU too much to go super negative on them. And honestly, they are college kids, so I try and take that into account as well. But at the same time, it is a business, so I'm kind of conflicted here. Um, I got a lot of questions, though, on, on Twitter, and, you know, I, I responded with enough with the fucking negativity, and I truly believe it. Uh, I think that everybody needs to give Mel Tucker a chance to build and recruit and do what he needs to do. But I do get the folks that say, how much longer do we need to wait for the bus to get back? Um I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. I'd like to think it can happen fast because turnarounds, they do, um, at least to the fans' perspective. Um, they play USC on Friday night. That's a tough game. They've never beaten USC. I lost to them twice when I was in college up there as well. So I'd like to think that they can get that win. It's going to be a huge game for CU. It's a make-or-break game. I thought last week was, but now you've got a chance to get back to 4-4 four and four and move forward. My senior year in 04, we, we were 4-4, four and four and we ended up you know winning out and playing in the Big 12 title game. That's not going to happen for this team. They're not going to play in the Pac-12 title game. But they have a chance to turn things around and make a bowl and send the seniors out the right way and put the other guys on the team in a position to you know, get extra practices, to go play in a bowl game, to get more tape, and have a little bit of momentum moving into next season. Um, I pray that Nate Landman comes back. I pray that Mustafa comes back. Yeah, and they and they should. I think Mustafa definitely will. I guess we'll see about Landman. Um, I... I think that CU has a real opportunity to make a lot of people eat crow if they can figure out a way to win some football games at the end of the year, okay? Um, I love the way Mel Tucker recruits. I love how his staff recruits. They are super aggressive, okay? Tomorrow, some more news drops on Wednesday, and, and I think it's a massive pickup for, for the Colorado Buffalo, so keep your ear to the ground on that one. Um, I don't think every kid in Colorado should go to CU, though. I think they need to get out of the box state as much as possible and go find true speed and NFL football players. And I, it goes full circle back here. How much longer does CU's fan base need to wait for CU to be back? Okay. So I, I was at CU from 2000 to 04, and I grew up wanting to play there more than anything on earth. And uh, in 1997... I was a sophomore in high school at Niwot High School up in, in North Boulder. And it's not like anybody recruited fucking Niwot High School. They still don't recruit Niwot High School. I, I think that there's maybe three of us, and I was the first one in 27 years to ever come out of that place. Maybe four or five now. I don't know. Paul Creighton's another one. He's now a coach. Uh, other than that, I can't really tell you. Okay? So, you know, it, it got to the point where I was also searching for this answer. How long do we have to wait? And I was at my mother's house up at, at Triple Creek Ranch up there in, in North Boulder, and she has a picture of the 01 title team. She has it framed on her wall. And I was looking at it with my brother, and literally I'd say 
70% of the picture either played in the NFL or has their pension, which is four years, four games. It's hard. Thank God I have it. Um, that That's why, folks. It's just a talent. Look at the team that won the Pac-12 South. It was littered with NFL talent. There's NFL players all over that team. I don't know if there is a lot of players that are going to play on Sundays on this current team that are veterans. From what I see, Montez has totally worked his way out of the draft. He's an undrafted player. The The way that he's shown up against, against Oregon and then not being able to rectify it against Washington State, I think that it puts 12 in a really bad position. And there were over 25 scouts at the Oregon game on that Friday night, and he threw four picks and looked really rattled and was backing up, not stepping up. I'm not trying to be too hard on Steven, but if you're a fifth-year senior and you played this much ball and your first start ever you went to Eugene and beat him, how can how can it go full circle back to where it's at now? So I think that it, he's going to play the rest of the year, and he needs to. I'm not calling for him to get benched because no one else is there. Stenstrom can't play. He's he's too young to be out there, and they fed him to the wolves out there. And Light or Tyler got, got hit and uh, hurt within five minutes, one play. I cannot wait for the Lewis kid from Texas to show up on campus and early enroll. I think he's going to be in a massive upgrade to the quarterback position just because he's such an athlete. So keep your eye on Lewis. That kid is going to be a freak. Now, can they beat SC? I think they can. The key is you got to catch SC sleeping like they like they did when they went to BYU. And then we have to play perfect, and they have to play kind of shitty. So I'd like to think that we can beat them at home. We can't out-athlete this team, though. And honestly, I don't know if I can get behind any more of the running the ball from the 5, 10, 15, 20-yard line out all the way across midfield like they did against Oregon or Arizona, Oregon, and Washington State and then start throwing play action. Now look, if if the the pass to LaVisca is caught, it's a touchdown and I guess I'm eating shit. But it didn't get caught. It was a drop. So, I think honestly, they should hand the ball off 90% of the time for the rest of the season. And then everything Montez is going to be doing is going to be off play action. So, I guess we'll see. I hope they win on on Friday night. I don't I don't know if that's going to happen or not. Obviously, I, I want my Buffaloes to get a dub. Uh, I despise USC on a cellular level. Um, so that would be huge, obviously, for Mel Tucker and, and those guys up in Boulder because they are struggling right now. And I'd like to think that they're confident. I know the coaches are confident. I, I don't know about the players because, remember, they won five in a row last year and then lost seven in a row. And right now we're on a streak again. We've lost three games in a damn row. And I hate streaks that don't start with W. So, we'll see. College football top six, as far as I'm concerned, right now, Oklahoma sixth. They haven't played anybody. Penn State's fifth. Uh, uh, Ohio State's fourth. Go Buckeyes. Third is Clemson, just because they're in the ACC, but they're definitely getting in. LSU and Bama are one and two, so one of them's going to be out when those two play. Uh, you know, Cole Taylor, the big tight end from Grand Junction that we work with here, is one of our distance kids, and he's committed to LSU, actually. Started with no offers and had like 30 when he when he committed to LSU. Man, did he make a good decision. So they go recruit another pocket passer down there. Cole Taylor's going to be a damn first, second-round draft pick. He goes down there and catches 50 balls. So it's pretty cool to have a a Colorado kid going all the way down to LSU. All right, so as we roll here, okay, remember that all of our Buffalo uh, 
banter is brought to you by our good friends at 10th and Uni, 10th and Uni.com. I'm wearing one of their hats right now. I rock it every day. Cleanest gear out there for all you Buffalo fans. Get on 10th and Uni.com, use the promo code Buff Club, and they will get you hooked up. My man Morgan is top notch. He's the, the real deal, and I love his company and I love the apparel. So please go support and uh, make sure that you go to 10th and Uni.com and get yourself some buff gear, all you Buffalo fanatics. All right, so National Football League. Um, before we get into the shit show that was the New York Jets last night, because I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it because that shit was a terrible. And I'm just talking about it because I am a Jet. Uh, the games I, I will talk about first and foremost. Okay, the Jets got beat 33 to nothing. That's the end of the fucking conversation. The Patriots are real. One touchdown, 18 picks. Number one defense. They're on a historic trend. Now, I know they haven't played a fucking soul. And they haven't. Buffalo's pretty good, and they end up winning in Buffalo and Orchard Park. They have no offense. The second half of the season is going to be a test for for New England. They got some some better teams. Baltimore, they have to play Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland's not great, but they do have talent. You know, they got to go to Kansas City, so we'll see how that goes. Or Kansas City goes to New England. The Ravens went to Seattle and beat Seattle at home. Um, the Raven defense was climbing all over Russell Wilson. The O line got annihilated. They couldn't run the ball, and Lamar Jackson only threw the ball for what like a hundred. With 13 yards or something, but he ran for another 100, and he totally dominated the game. The the play at the end of the game where they called off Justin Tucker and called a timeout and ran Lamar back on the field, and he audibled, and they ran quarterback draw power for a touchdown. Lamar Jackson is revolutionizing the, the quarterback position, but I remember people saying that about Cam Newton a couple of years ago, and now Cam is a shell of himself because he's so destroyed. So I hope that Lamar Jackson and his rehab and everything he does to take care of his body, I really, really hope that it is really, really good. Because he's fun to watch, but he's going to get killed if he continues to play like this. It's like they need a quarterback that can throw the ball like the Saints have. Speaking of the Saints, the Saints are really, really good without Drew Brees. So I'd imagine that when he comes back, they're going to be excellent. Teddy Bridgewater, let me ask you this, Broncos country. What would you give up for Teddy Bridgewater to be your starter? I think I'd give up quite a bit. Um... They go to Chicago and just barnstorm the Bears. They ran the defense off the field. They made Mitchell Trubiscuits look really shitty. And boy, that guy's not very good. Um, I'd like to think that the Saints getting Drew Brees back will make them better. I'm sure they're going to have to kind of fold him back in because they've done so well with Bridgewater and Tyson Hill. And, and think about this too, Broncos country, when we bring up Tyson Hill. If 15, your boy, Tim Tebow, would have just said, yeah, I'll do anything you want me to do, Mr. Elway. I would love to learn under Peyton Manning, Mr. Elway. I would love to be the personal protector and change my number and play fullback and tailback and wildcat quarterback, Mr. Elway. If he was truly a team player, he would, he would, done, he would have done that and he would have, been, he would have been Tyson Hill before Tyson Hill came along. I'm telling you. So don't get all wrapped up in him being this ultimate team player. He was selfish and only wanted to play one position. I'm no Tim Tebow by any means, okay? I'm a godless heathen atheist, but I will say this, okay? When they approached me in the NFL and said, we need you to switch positions, I didn't cop an ego trip. I said, yes, sir, and went and did my fucking job. I'm a grunt, though, and I'm different. 
All right, so the Saints are excellent. Drew Brees is going to only make them better, but they do have a lot of assets in Hill and Bridgewater. Don't be surprised if Bridgewater is the future there in New Orleans if they end up winning the Super Bowl this year and Drew walks away. Green Bay, okay, five touchdowns for A-Rod. And boy, was he excellent. He also ran for another one. They ran Oakland off the field. Perfect quarterback rating. And they look like they're really gelling. Billy Turner, the fantastic guard that I work with all the time, part of the Dungeon family, just signed a $30 million contract with the Packers. Um, it was absolutely balling. A lot of people are saying the Packers have the best offensive line in football right now. I, I, they're definitely top three, top five. I love Bakhtiari at left tackle. I think he's super fluid and just an absolute animal and a buff, but he's also a fucking stud. Billy Turner at right guard, and he played left guard the other day, to solidify the interior of that offensive line so Rodgers can step up in the pocket. He was dominating people yesterday. I personally think that losing Billy Turner to Green Bay last year and not re-signing him here in Denver really hurt because you couldn't take Wilkinson and put him at guard and then put Billy at tackle or vice versa. He was so versatile and so good for the Broncos last year. You just don't develop guys and let them leave, and that's going to be a major topic of conversation here in a minute. San Francisco gets a huge win in the rain, 6 to nothing. All right, so San Francisco's good, and that's good. All right, look, the Broncos and the Colts are on Sunday. I could give a shit about the outcome, okay? That's not what I'm worried about. If they win, they win. If they lose, they lose. They're going to be 3-5 and five, or 3-6. and six. This is what I'm saying. I think it's right now time to really look at yourself in the mirror over there at UC Health, Dove Valley, and say, 10's gone. 25 gone, 95's gone, and if I really want to get a multitude of picks and have multiple first-rounders, my first round plus two more, we got to offload 58. And I know that that's crazy, and I don't really want to do it. But if you don't do it, you can't get the picks you need, and we need a multitude of different, of different pieces. I mean, just think about this. The Broncos, in my personal opinion... All right, they've got to find a left tackle, a starting quarterback, a really dominant interior three technique in order for Chubb to be the player he's going to be moving forward, and a dominant middle linebacker plus another right tackle. Okay, so they and you're going to need to replace the wide receiver position for Emmanuel. You're going to need to replace the DB for Chris Harris. So you need a multitude of picks. The only way you're going to do that is to get these guys traded to contenders, teams that think that they're one piece away from getting what they need. Okay, now. The problem is going to be convincing the fans. Mr. Elway could give a shit what the fans think, obviously. Okay, I'm just saying. So if we're going to sit here and say that we've got to ship everyone out in order to do anything constructive in the future, well, damn it, I'm tired of 5-11, and 6-10, and 10 and whatever we're going to be this year, and so is Broncos country. So... With Bradley Chubb on the roster and he comes back healthy and he can be as dominant as he was, I'd like to think that Chubb plus another guy will still give us a top five pass rush. Do I want to get rid of Vaughn? No. I hate that idea. But in order to get what we want, it may be time. I doubt they do it. I'm not saying they're going to. I'm saying I would. I would trade him to a contender for multiple first-round picks. You got two for Khalil Mack. Why can't we get two for Vaughn? You're telling me that Green Bay wouldn't give up two first-round picks this year and next year, maybe? It's still two first-rounders. I know it may be a late-round pick, but it's still a first-round pick. 
You can package those and move up. But it, when you're looking at it, how many holes are we going to need to fill next year too? Because like I just said, the Broncos are consistently developing guys and then letting them leave. They developed Sam Jones for a year, cut him. He's in Arizona. They developed Ben Garland for two years. They change him positions from defense to offense, cut him. He's played for nine years since, and he's one of the most versatile players in, in football. Okay? The list goes on. Ty Sambrello went to Atlanta, became a much better player. Why is that? Michael Schofield went to the Chargers and became a much better player, still starting for him. Why is that? I really hope they don't do it with McGovern. Paradis is balling for Carolina right now. Didn't want to bring him back? Are they going to re-sign McGovern? I don't know. I haven't worked with Connor yesterday for a while. We had a great session. They haven't even started talking to him about extension, which is ridiculous to me. You can't just plug and play. They, that man has worked his ass off. I know he wants to be here long term. And you develop the shit out of him. Why would you let him leave? My problem is, I, it seems to me like 72 could fucking burn down Elway's house and still start because that's what he's doing. He's actively burning the house down. And I'm calling for it. 72 needs to be benched. If they parade his ass out there against his biggest nemesis, Justin Houston, in Indianapolis, in that dome, on that turf where everyone's hyper fast, oh my God in heaven, Bowles is either, I, I don't know if he's going to be able to make it. Justin Houston's job to be just sitting at the fucking facility in Indianapolis, like with a with a you know like a napkin around his neck and a fork and a knife sitting there, like time to eat. Seventy two's coming to Indy. Time to eat. I mean, fuck. Justin Houston makes me nervous. I can only imagine if seventy two having just nightmares. Are there other guys struggling on the O line? Yeah, there are. Ron's struggling. He doesn't look confident. He looks like his body hurts, but he's battling his ass off every week, and he's not. He doesn't give stupid excuses. He just says, I got to get better. And that I, I respect that. Elijah, same thing. No stupid excuse. I got to get better. I'm better than that. Garrett Bowles like shrugs off the rest like they're making fun of him. This fucking idiot actually says, and I that's what I said, fucking idiot. This guy actually says that they're out to get him. Bro, no one's chasing you around out to get you. You have the absolute worst technique in football. You don't understand angles. You don't use your hands correctly. And you love grabbing. You must be hell at a strip club. <sighs> Look, there is absolutely zero way to make this happen fast. This is going to take a very long time, in my opinion, because they keep digging themselves deeper when they think they're digging themselves out. We're not trying to dig to the other side of the earth. We're trying to dig ourselves out of a hole, and we just keep going deeper. Because we can't simply, when I say we, the Broncos can't simply look at themselves in the mirror and say, okay, everyone can see and has eyeballs. And I said this last week, and I'll reiterate We've got to sit down, Garrett. We've got to move Emmanuel and Chris. They're not coming back next year. Um, there's an obviously there's obviously a miscommunication between what's being said in the offensive line meeting room and what's being done on the field. And I think it's because everyone's consistently having to tell fucking seventy two what he does, what he's supposed to do. I guarantee you, the rookie left left guard Dalton Reisner, who is an absolute stud and done everything he's supposed to do since he walked in the door. And a guy that they definitely need to build around. Reisner and McGovern, they should be building around for the future. Period. And Juwan James. 
But I guarantee you Dalton's got to tell uh, Bowles what to do on every freaking play. Dalton's a rookie, man. He should be asking questions, not setting up Bowles. Bowles should be the, the left tackle that's helping Reisner get better. I just don't understand how long people are in at Dove Valley are going to parade his ass out there and everyone in Broncos country is just supposed to eat it and say okay. Even the most novice of fans. My my wife doesn't know shit about football and she she even gets it. How does this guy still have a job? Because she was mar- she's married to me. She understands that no one else on earth can fucking play like this. No one. Name another guy on the Broncos roster that could play that poorly, that consistently for that long and still have a job. It's like he's got blackmail on someone or some shit. Speaking of blackmail, is it time for major changes in the front office? Does John Elway need to go? Are we going to give him the opportunity? Is Joe Ellis going to give him the opportunity? Are the Bullens going to give him the opportunity to dig himself out of this hole because he's digging deeper? What do you do? How do you not get behind John Elway? Every time Elway's associated with the Broncos, they're in Super Bowls and winning championships. Period. When he's not associated, they're in the playoffs every now and then, but they ain't going to the Super Bowl. And that's a fact. That's not my opinion. That's a fucking fact. But there's also other facts. These are facts. Paxton Lynch is a fact. Roby's a fact. 72 is a fact. Shane Ray's a fact. Carlos Henderson's a fact. And countless other misses. And then guys that they don't develop and they let leave and they go other places and just ball. So, I, man, the answers here are so hard. And I don't know what in the hell you're supposed to do if you can't be honest with yourself. It's like an alcoholic. You can't start getting better, okay? You can't start the road to recovery as an addict or an alcoholic until you're honest with yourself, And until the Broncos are honest with themselves and they start holding everyone to the same accountability level, because I guarantee you it's a problem. Guys in that in in the locker room who make one mistake and you get benched and destroyed, and they, you know, you're the reason they lost, but they just keep parading out the same player over and over and over again. I hope to God that when Jawan James gets healthy, he's starting at left tackle. You've got to at least set the tone. With, for the rest of your football team alone and at least try and send a message sublimity to, subliminally to the big dummy. He probably doesn't even know what that means. To see if he can wake up enough to help himself. That's all I'm asking. Garrett, wake up enough to help yourself. You're a first-round tackle for the Denver Broncos. You have, the, you have all the athletic ability in the world, but you can't get out of your own way mentally. And you seem like you lick windows to me. And if that's the case, you're squandering an opportunity to be a ring of famer, make millions upon millions of dollars, and be beloved in in Denver. But instead of working it and trying to fix the problems that you've created for yourself, you think people are out to get you and, you know, the game, they're just calling holding penalties on you because, you know, the world's out to get you. It's such a fucking loser excuse. I hate it. And you know what, goddammit, if he was sitting in this room, I'd tell him the same goddamn thing. Consequently, that's why I never came back in here because I told him hard truth. Just understand who you're dealing with. That's all I'm saying. All right. I can't do this anymore. I'm starting to get pissed off. It's been a bad week for football, to say the least. The Broncos do it to the Colts Sunday. It is going to be a very, very tough game. The Colts look really good. The Colts invested a ton in their offensive line, first and second round picks. 
The the kid from BC, the left tackle, is a first rounder. Quentin Nelson, everyone knows he's a first rounder. The the center from Alabama is a first rounder. Braden Smith's a second rounder. They got dudes all they invested. So they invested so much that they went and got Jacoby Brissett because they knew Andrew Luck was frail. And when Andrew Luck quit on him and retired, I shouldn't say quit on him. When he retired from football, and good for you, Andrew, Brissett stepped in, negotiated his own contract, and rolled. Chris Ballard, like two years ago, was getting destroyed by everyone, and now he's the model GM, and everyone wants to copy what he was doing. So, do I think they win in Indianapolis? No. And unfortunately, I think it's it could get ugly because I think there's some real dissension on the team. And, and some of the veterans think they're getting traded. So I wouldn't expect them to go be putting their nose into anything or Emmanuel to run real hard over the middle and catch the ball. I just wouldn't expect all that. I, I think that this weekend's game could be really, really frustrating for Broncos country, unfortunately. Now, I will say this, okay? The top six, like I said, is going to drop later today, and we're going to post it at thednvr.com. And we've got some great clips up there, and we really want your, your feedback and your input, and I'll be posting it at 60 Academy and at DNVR Unchained, and we'll be putting it out there. So please give us your feedback, and it's all Broncos and Chiefs. Um, remember to go to Shop Honda slash vote and vote for the Coach of the Year. Colorado High School Football Coach of the Year here in Colorado, and also nominate if you think somebody's missing off that list. Next week, all right, on the 29th for the, the scary show for Halloween here on episode 53, we've got the GOAT, Steve Atwater, number 27, in studio here at 6-0 Football Academy, 6-0 Studios, sitting with your boy here, Matt McChesney, on McChesney Unchained, and the reason I brought him in is because he's the scariest defensive player in Bronco history. And my man, Steve, he's my favorite player of all time. And I'm very honored to have him on the next show. And I can't wait for to give everybody out there in Broncos country some real opinion on what the Bronco defense needs to do moving forward. And if Justin Simmons is a long-term fix at that position, nobody better to ask than the GOAT Steve Atwater. He'll be on the next show. That banging and clanging you hear in the background, that's 6-0 Strength and Fitness, 6-0 Football Academy. We are the bridge to your goals. Check out everything at 60strength.com. And do not wait to make your own reality in future. In the age of information, ignorance is a choice. And if you, if you choose to be stupid and wait, you're going to watch. Fans wait, players attack. So please, let's build that bridge to your goals. Check out 60strength.com. We'd love to help you. I am Matt McChesney. That is episode 52. DNVR.com. Check it out. The best on the front range, hands down, best coverage of any and all sports out here in Colorado. Thanks for listening, folks.